You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. Leanna this morning as she comes to the stage. All right, now before you sit down, stretch your hand out and we're going to pray. Put one hand out like this and one hand on your heart. We're going to pray for Leanna and we're going to pray for ourselves. Lord, we thank you for Leanna and we thank you for the word, Lord, that you've put on her heart, Lord, and the deposit that you've given her that she's going to release to us. Lord, we pray, Lord, that you would anoint her, that she would have fun this morning, Lord, and that she would, um, she would minister in your grace and your anointing. And we pray for ourselves that we would have hearts to receive and to respond to you. Lord, we don't want to leave this place the same. So we open our hearts and we say, Lord, have your way in us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen. So let me remind you, if you're wearing a mask, be, be loud in your agreement this morning. Shake, like, let's encourage Leanna as she preaches. Leanna, go for it. Have fun. Beautiful. I intend to have fun this morning. I was like, you don't even have to pray for that. I already came in with that intention. How are you guys? This is very exciting to be back together again. And I did not think I would get to be the person to actually share with you this one. So I'm very excited, very privileged to get to share it with you today. How excited were you when you heard the news, the good news, that we were coming back to church on Sunday? I was very excited. I was counting, it's like almost like counting down to Christmas, counting down the sleeps to coming back together again together. Such good news. Now, I feel like we had good news this week, we're coming back to church, but I feel like over the last couple of years, we've had lots of bad news. Would you agree? We've heard about bushfires, floods, earthquakes. Yes, we get very excited about earthquakes, don't we? It's like we get scared, but we also get excited. I know we get excited because that same fallen chair meme about the earthquake, like we survive, comes up every time, and somebody just helps us out by changing the date. Yeah. We've had riots, which were not good at all. We've had COVID, obviously. Here in Victoria, I feel like we've had it pretty rough. We've been told countless times that we were going to go into a snap lockdown, and now we just laugh when we hear the word snap, because we know that's not really true. Last month, on the very first day of Term 4, I'm a teacher, by the way, in case you didn't know, Um, the very first day of Term 4, the school that I work at, we had our first confirmed case of COVID, and we had all these beautiful plans to transition back to school. And then we had a case, and it's like all of, it just went and blew up all our plans. And we were like, oh no, what do we do? And we're scrambling, trying to figure it out. A couple of weeks after that, the school that my kids go to had a case, and our oldest son, Riley, he ended up in isolation for two weeks. Thank goodness he was negative. But do you get what I mean? It felt like there was one piece of bad news after the other. And I think it's easy in the time that we have been living in, to be, where we're surrounded and consumed by bad news, to let it overwhelm us, to let it distract us, and to let it influence how we think and feel. So it kind of made me ask this question. In the midst of all of the bad news, is there any good news? I hope that you would agree. Thank you, John. John says yes. John has faith that there is good news. So around the time that I was asking God, like, what do I share with everybody today? I just happened to be reading through the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament. If you don't know who Isaiah is, he was a prophet um, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, and God spoke to him, and then he would tell people what God said. And unfortunately for Isaiah, he had some pretty bad news. 
for the people of God. And he also spoke to the nations surrounding um, Israel with bad news as well. Interestingly, Isaiah is sometimes called the Old Testament gospel prophet. And the book that he wrote is sometimes referred to as the fifth gospel. So in the New Testament, there's four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. The fifth gospel. So this morning, I would like to share with you the good news of the gospel according to Isaiah. But just to put a little twist on it, I'm only going to use scriptures from the book of Isaiah. Okay, now just as a caveat, I wouldn't normally recommend researching a topic and only reading one book of the Bible. I would recommend that you read the whole Bible, but Isaiah does have 66 chapters. It's quite a long book and there's a lot in there. So I am going to use just that book today. So when I'm reading out the references, I'm gonna try and avoid saying Isaiah every time. You can just assume they're all from Isaiah and that I will just give you the chapter and the verse. Is that okay? Beautiful. So let's get started. I have a question for you. Who likes games? Yes. yes. Maybe you might like board games, card games, video games, sport, all the games. Excellent. Now, in games, one of the things that often we like is we like to win a gift or a prize, yeah? Yes. Who would like a gift today? Yes. Okay, four people, the first four. Come. Come. One, two, three, four, beautiful. Okay, I understand your hesitation because you, ah, what did we sign up for? You didn't know. You're assuming that I'm a kind human and that I'm giving you a good thing. I am, come and choose a chocolate bar. Oh, aren't you wishing you came for a free gift? Some people are probably like, no, because I'm trying, I've, you know, it's post COVID and lockdown. I'm trying not to eat chocolate. Perhaps that's not a gift for you. Thank you very much. There are, just, but you'll have to wait. So just thank you to those four who came up to get your gift. Enjoy it. We are going to continue our game today. This is a game called, are you ready for my game show voice? Bad news, good news. You know, back in the day in the 90s, there was all sorts of game shows, like The Price is Right, and they'd be like, come on down. So today we're gonna play a game, Bad News, Good News, and I'm going to give you a whole series of choices of gifts that you can take home with you today. Unfortunately, some of them are bad gifts and some of them are good gifts, but you get to choose, you can decide. So are you ready for your first one? We're gonna start with the bad news first. Please don't tune out. I promise we'll get to the good news. The first piece of bad news, the first gift today, is that without Jesus, we are all sinners. Oh, okay. Let's read from the first, book, uh, the first chapter of Isaiah, chapter one. It says, listen, O heavens, pay attention, earth. This is what the Lord says. The children that I raised and cared for have rebelled against me. Even an ox knows its owner and a donkey recognizes its master's care. But Israel doesn't know its master. My people don't recognize my care for them. What a sinful nation they are, loaded down with a burden of guilt. They are evil people, corrupt children who have rejected the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on Him. What a way to start your book. I mean, if you keep reading after chapter one, kudos to you. So God had chosen the people of Israel to be his prized possession so that they would know him intimately and know him personally. And despite the fact that God had chosen them and he'd provided for them and taken care of them, they rebelled against him. And that says they went after other gods, false gods. 
They thought that they could serve themselves and false gods, and they could also serve God as well. The Bible calls this hypocrisy. And it's one of the things that Jesus regularly called out in the religious people of his time. When I was um, younger and I was in high school, um, I, I think I was definitely in this boat. Probably like most teenagers, I just wanted to fit in. Okay, I just wanted to fit in, but I had this problem because I also loved Jesus. I wanted to do what my friends wanted to do, but I also knew how God wanted me to live and what the Bible said. So I was kind of in this bit like a dilemma. And I went through this vicious cycle where I tried and failed over a few years to do both, to serve Jesus and to fit in. And I always had a relationship with the Lord and I loved Jesus. But when I was about 16, um, just before we moved here to Melbourne actually, one day I was in church and I had just this fresh encounter with Jesus. And I suddenly realized I couldn't do both. I realized I couldn't do both and it was honestly such a relief to stop trying and give everything to Him. And it's like I felt the weight of this heavy burden lift off of me as I recommitted my heart to the Lord and I chose to really follow Him and to only follow Him. Chapter 30, verse eight says, now go and write down these words. This is God speaking to Isaiah. Write them in a book. They will stand until the end of time as a witness that these people are stubborn rebels who refuse to pay attention to the Lord's instructions. They tell the seers, stop seeing visions. They tell the prophets, don't tell us what's right. Tell us nice things. Tell us lies. Forget all this gloom. Get off your narrow path. Stop telling us about your Holy One of Israel. That's pretty brave to say those things. I reckon you could be forgiven for thinking that these words were actually written today and not in Isaiah's time. Because I feel like this is the exact attitude that the world has today. Don't tell me the truth. Don't tell me what's right and wrong. Stop telling me what I can and can't do. It's that classic, you know what, you do you. As long as what I'm doing isn't hurting anybody, in my opinion, just let me be. You live your life, I will live mine. How many of you have had that exact conversation with people? Yeah. According to Isaiah, this attitude is sinful. When we refuse to acknowledge God as our creator, as our master and as our Lord, and when we serve other gods, we will always struggle under the burden of sin. So that's our first piece of news today. The second one is that without Jesus, our sins separate us from God. I know this is heavy. This is not really the fun part of the game, okay? In case you're like, I don't like this game. I don't like this game either. <laughs> Isaiah 59, one to two says, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save or his ear dull that it can't hear you, but it's your iniquities that have made a separation between you and your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. It's really interesting because I think many people believe that religious observance will save them. You know, if I, if I say the right things, if I do the right things, if I'm generally a good person for most of my life, that'll be enough. I literally had this conversation with a Muslim lady a couple of weeks ago in Dandenong, and she just couldn't quite get past this thing of, but I'm a good person. She said, Allah knows, I try my best. And I'm trying to talk to her about Jesus. And we, we kind of got somewhere, but not all the way. People who acknowledge the existence of God, they often believe it's his fault for moving away. They kind of go, well, God's the one who's taken a step back from mankind. That's why the world's in such a bad place because he's just like hands off and gone, well, I'll just leave you to your own devices. 
But in reality, we are the ones who choose to turn away. God's heart is always for people in the sense that he desires for all people to know him. We can see it at the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, God came every day to walk with Adam and Eve and to be with them. But they chose to hide away because of their sin. But God comes and he called out their names and said, Adam, where are you? Chapter 14 says, um, how you are fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning. This is talking about the devil. You have been thrown down to earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world. For you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven and I will set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountain of the gods far away in the earth. I will climb to the highest heaven and be like the most high. You see, at the heart of sin is our belief that we can be God in our own lives. That's what got Satan kicked out of heaven because instead of worshiping his creator, he wanted to be worshiped himself. He elevated himself to a high place and as a result, he was thrown from the presence of God. It's kind of scary, isn't it? Do you guys know that classic song by Frank Sinatra, I Did It My Way? Now, I'm, I'm not going to bless you with a rendition today. I know, my apologies, it's a loss for all of you. I want to read to you two verses, the first verse and the last verse. It says, and now the end is near, and so I face the final curtain. My friend, I'll say it clear. I'll state my case of which I'm certain. I've lived a life that's full. I've traveled each and every highway, and much, much more than this, I did it my way. And then the last verse says, for what is a man, what has he got? If not himself, then he has naught. To say the things he truly feels and not the words of one who kneels. The record shows I took the blows and did it my way. It's a great song, but it's actually slightly concerning. (laughs) Apparently, this is one of people's most requested songs for their funeral. Yeah. And I think, you know when the Bible says the heart above all things is deceitful? I feel like that song is like a classic example that that's true. Above all else, people believe the lie that in order to live a full life, in order to be happy, you should bow the knee to no one and you should just do it your way. Okay, I promise you this is my last piece of bad news for you. If you, yeah, I don't feel like anyone wants to take any of these gifts just yet. Without Jesus, we have to pay the price for our sins. Chapter 31, verse one says, woe to those who go down. I feel like, woe. Can we start using that word more? I feel like that's a loss, like, woe. Or maybe not. We don't wanna say woe is me because it means we're in a bad situation. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses, who trust in chariots because they are many and horsemen because they are very strong, but they do not look to the Holy One of Israel or consult the Lord. I think what many people don't realize and the people of Israel, they'd forgotten back then was that their actions and their deeds have consequences. They think that they're safe, you know, by putting their trust in the things that they can see, the things that are around them. In Isaiah's time, it was powerful nations like Egypt who had powerful and strong armies. They had lots of horses and chariots and things that could keep them safe. Today, it's things like our wealth, It's our friends, it's our family. Sometimes that's even our own wisdom or our own strength or our own perceived goodness. Chapter two, verse 12 says, 
For the Lord of hosts has a day against all that is proud and lofty, against all that is lifted up, and it shall be brought low. One of the things that I think um, many people who don't know God yet, what they wrestle with is this idea that a good God and a loving God could punish people. Yes, God is good. Hands up if you know that to be true. If you don't know it to be true, the Bible says it. (laughs) Maybe you haven't experienced that yet for yourself, but the Bible says God is good all the time. He can't be anything but good. But he is also just, he is right, and he is holy. And whether we like it or not, whether we choose to acknowledge it or not, there will come a day when everyone will be held accountable for how they've lived. Chapter 44, this is God speaking. This is what the Lord says, Israel's king and redeemer, the Lord of heaven's armies. I am the first and the last. There is no other God. I feel like if God could have done like a mic drop, that would have been his moment right there. Isaiah 44 verse six, write it down, write it down. I'm making a joke, but it's quiet. It's quite a big revelation. If we understand that God alone is God, and that our sins are primarily against him, then our perspective shifts. You know, sin's not just bad because it hurts other people and it hurts us. It is bad for those reasons. But it's also bad because ultimately it hurts God, yeah? Our sin is an affront to a perfect and holy God and nothing sinful can be in his presence. There can only be one God in each person's life. So if that God is you then Jesus is not. And the consequence that we choose by insisting on being God in our lives is separation from the only one who actually is God. I know this is heavy, take a breath. Just like, you're like, I did not think I was coming to church to hear this this morning. Or maybe you did, yeah. I know this can sound harsh and that's why I did say this is the bad news. But because God is good, we get to choose. You can choose to be your own master and rely on your own righteousness, your own strength, your own wisdom, or we can choose the good news. So just before we get to the good news, I just wanna say this. I'm not advocating for preaching hellfire and damnation. I'm not saying that we should go about placarding and picketing in the city and yelling in people's faces, walking up to them and calling them dirty sinners and telling them about all the bad things that they've done so that they feel condemned and they change. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that people need the whole gospel. If they don't understand that they have sinned, they won't understand why they need a savior. Yeah? If they don't realize that they will be held accountable for the things they've done, they won't want to repent and change. They don't know they need to. The Holy Spirit's job is to convict people. You don't have to touch that stuff. We're not convicting people of their sin. The Holy Spirit is more than capable of showing people. But our job is to share the gospel and the good news of Jesus and to say, here's your opportunity to choose. So are you ready for some good news? I feel like surely people are like, please get to the good news. Okay, so the good news, you can also take these home with you today. In Jesus, we receive forgiveness and salvation. Chapter 53, four to six says, this is talking about Jesus. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted. 
He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. We've all turned, every one of us, to our own way. And the Lord has laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. Yes, we are all sinful. And yes, God is within his rights as a just judge to exact punishment on us. But today, you get to choose. See, the Israelites, God's people, they thought as long as they appeared to do the right things on the outside... And because they were like, well, we're in God's family. We're descendants of Abraham. So we just like, we got like a free ticket, like straight in. They kept all the traditions, but in reality, their hearts were far from him. God's desire is that each one of us would be his beloved children and that he would be our loving father. But Jesus is the only one who can forgive sins. Only he paid the price for salvation. His sacrifice on the cross cleared the debt that was held against us. Isaiah 43, 25, I just, this is beautiful. This is God speaking. I, I am he that blots out your transgressions for my sake. I will not remember your sins. When we choose to believe in him, God takes our sins upon himself and he transfers to us his righteousness as if it were our own. Chapter one, verse 18 says, come now, let's settle this. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as wool. Though they are red like crimson, I will make, oh, sorry, yeah, white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as snow. Isn't that beautiful? Like if you, like, how how does that happen? How do we do that? It's a supernatural thing that God does. I wanna say to you today, if you're sitting here, or maybe you might be listening back later on the podcast during the week, and you don't know Jesus, you can receive the free gift of salvation today. We never wanna assume when we gather that everybody knows. And we wanna give everyone an opportunity. All you have to do is acknowledge your sin. We know deep down. We all know the stuff we've done. We just ask God to forgive us. We can choose to make him the Lord of our lives today and he washes away our sins and he makes us a brand new creation. So we could wait till the end, but I actually wanna just ask right now. Let's just make an opportunity now. If you're in that space and you say, actually, you know what I know. Like Jenna shared this morning, Jenna Vanwick, she said, I'm not ready to go yet because I know there's people who still don't know Jesus. We don't wanna go not knowing not being fully convinced, fully sure. You wanna know in your heart, if I go today, I know where I'm going because I'm right with God. So can we pray? Jesus, we wanna thank you for the sacrifice that you made on the cross. We thank you that you died to pay the price for our sins, the price that we deserve to pay. And I just wanna ask for your forgiveness right now for the things that I've done. Would you wash me clean, Jesus? I choose to make you the Lord of my life. I choose to live for you and walk with you. Thank you that you make me a brand new creation. I ask, would you fill me with your Holy Spirit today? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
If you have prayed that prayer now, whether you said it out loud or you said it in your heart, please come and talk to us before you go today. And if you're listening back and you've prayed that as you've been listening, get in contact with us. Let us know because we want to celebrate with you. We want to give you a Bible. We want to disciple you. Please let us know that you've made that decision. Awesome. Did you know that just in the last month, I'm starting to lose count. I've actually changed this like three times on my notes because every time I put in a number, there's been more. At least six or seven people in the last month have given their hearts to Jesus. Six or seven? It was three and then I made it four and then I was like, let's just go six or seven. I should have just written several. It might be seven or more. This is so exciting. We have to stop assuming that people don't want to hear the good news. We have to stop saying people's no for them. The other week, a few weeks ago, I was at the shops just doing normal stuff, mundane, went to Aldi, get my groceries, had to go to Woolies because you can't get everything at Aldi. Yes, you know my pain. Saw a lady sitting outside asking for some money. I thought, the least I could do is go and talk to her, ask her, is there anything I can help you with? What can I get you? managed to get her some food, started up a conversation. Simple thing, can I get, have you eaten today? No, great, can I get you something to eat? Awesome, got her some food, straight away her heart's open because just kindness and love, compassion, yeah? So then start sharing with her. There's an opportunity to share the gospel. We get to this point of the conversation and suddenly my brain's like, I think this is where you ask, is there any reason why you can't respond to Jesus today? And she goes, not really. And I was like, huh? You know, like we say, like, share the gospel with people, like, share the gospel, ask them if they want to respond. And then she was like, no, not really. And my brain was like, pardon? Oh, she, she, she wants, okay, cool. Like, it's so silly. Like, we're waiting for the opportunity. We're praying. And when it happens, we're like almost in disbelief. Like, she actually really wants it. So I said, great, well, can I pray with you? So we start to pray. We pray a prayer of salvation. She gives her heart to Jesus right outside Woolies in Beaconsfield. What? So I'm now like following her up. We're trying to get her a Bible, trying to catch up with her to disciple her. She didn't have any reasons why she couldn't say yes right then. Come on. Jesus wants to extend his forgiveness through you. As a disciple and as an ambassador of Jesus, you get to offer salvation to people. Because you've been completely forgiven and and you know how phenomenal that is. I hope you know how phenomenal that is. You get to go and share that good news with other people. So the second gift I have is that in Jesus, we find our identity and our security. If you're in Jesus, your old self is dead. You have been brought to life with the ability to live for God. Righteousness, which is being made right with God. So having a right standing with him, like the debt is cleared. That happens the instant that we say yes to Jesus. But sanctification, which is the process of becoming more like Jesus, that's a lifelong journey. And that happens as we walk with Jesus at the center of our lives and we filter everything through his will, yeah? And when we do this, the Holy Spirit starts to transform us into our new identity so that we look and we act and we sound the same as Jesus. I think this is such a key to understand and settle so that we can become all God's calling us to be. 
Isaiah 61 verse 10 says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exalt in my God for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He's covered me with a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. Can, like, can you just take a moment to actually like, look at that scripture? This is how God sees us. Too many Christians are cowering in the shadows, hiding themselves away from the Lord because they don't understand what they look like in Christ. You have been clothed in the beauty that comes from righteousness. Jesus sees you as a precious son and a precious daughter And he has the same affection and love for you that a bride and a groom have for each other on their wedding day. Like, I choose you. I commit myself to you. I see only you. Isn't that beautiful? As followers of Jesus, we should be the most secure people on the planet because we know we are cherished and loved by the God of the universe. You might not start out as the most secure person, but increasingly, as we come to Jesus, he should be making us more secure. Stop trying to dig up your old grave clothes and put them back on. If somebody dies in the natural year, we don't bury them and then go and dig them back up again. That's gross, okay? But we try and do it in the spiritual. Like we know, oh yeah, I know Christ has died and I died with him. And, but like also, don't forget all the stuff I've done. Like why, why do we do that? Why do we try to resurrect our old selves? Why do we keep showing Jesus the dead bodies when that person is gone and you have been brought to life, a new creation? So let me give you three characteristics of what we should now look like. 32, 17 to 18 says, the effect of righteousness will be peace and the result of righteousness, quietness and trust forever. My people will abide in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings and in quiet resting places. The first thing that we should have as followers of Christ is to be perfectly at peace. This does not mean that your circumstances will always be peaceful. Hands up if you know that to be true. (laughs) But what it does mean is that you can access and live in the peace of God because peace is who he is and therefore peace is who you are if you are being transformed to be like him. 29.19 says, The meek shall obtain fresh joy in the Lord and the poor among mankind shall exult in the Holy One of Israel. So the second thing, full of joy. It's one of the words that came through today. Are you full of joy? Does this mean your circumstances will always be joyful? No, No. but it means that you can access and live in the joy of God. Why? Because joy is who he is, and therefore joy is who you are if you are being transformed to be like him. Thirdly, 33, five to six says, the Lord is exalted for he dwells on high. He will fill Zion with justice and righteousness. Listen to this, he will be the stability of your times. Your abundance of salvation, wisdom and knowledge, the fear of the Lord is Zion's treasure. 
I mean, now more than ever, in the last two years that we've had, do you know that the Lord is the stability of your times? So thirdly, stable and strong. Again, this doesn't mean that our circumstances will always be stable and peaceful and restful, but you can access and live in the strength and the rest of God because that's who he is and therefore that's who you're becoming to be. Does that make sense? These spiritual realities are available for all of us who are in Christ, whether you got saved today or whether you got saved 60 years ago. All of them are available. We have access to them, but we have to choose to grab hold of them. And we do it by faith. Often, I think we pray for things. Who's ever prayed for peace? We've asked God for peace to come, yeah? Okay, but often we pray like this. Maybe not these exact words, but like, oh God, like I'm really stressed at the moment. I'm worried, like if it's possible, like if you're not too busy, could you maybe like when you've got a chance, like give your peace. But if not, like that's okay, don't worry. Amen. Okay. Yeah, a lot of us pray these prayers like I, don't, like, I don't really know. I'm hoping that he will, but I'm not 100% sure if he will. I think we need to shift our prayers from prayers like that to Jesus, I thank you that peace is who you are. I thank you that I can access your peace because I'm in you. I have an expectation that it's coming now. Boom. And we expect that peace is coming. Yeah. I know that can seem almost like splitting hairs, but it's like, I think we've got to boldly ask, confidently, with faith, with no doubting, ask for what you know is yours because of what Jesus has done for you. If we don't know how to access these things for ourselves in our own lives, how will we share them with other people and reflect them to other people who don't know Jesus yet? People who don't know Jesus, they can't access these things. They have to access them through you. So if someone is depressed, you could impart to them joy. If somebody is fearful, you could impart to them love. If somebody was anxious and worried, you could impart to them peace. So the question I wanna ask you this morning is, if you came across someone who needed one of these things, would you be confident to pray for them and release what they need because you know that you have access to it in Jesus? Like this, is, like this is a practical question. Could you do that? If you don't know how, that's okay. But would you be willing to learn? Would you be willing? If you're like, I actually don't know if I could, I'm not sure, that's fine. But could you let someone teach you and show you? Whether you're at work, whether you're at school, whether you're at a cafe, say you're paying for your coffee and you just do the nice thing and say, oh, hey, how are you going? How's your day been? And the person, you know, every now and again, people are like ridiculously honest and you're expecting them to say, oh, I'm good, thanks. And that's it. And they go, oh, actually not so good. And you're like, oh, okay, switch gears. Like, and, they, and you say, oh, oh, why? What, what's wrong? Oh, well, it's actually like, you know, my mum's really sick at the moment, so I'm really worried about her. You go, oh, like, I'm really sorry to hear that. Like, that must be really hard. You know, um, I've, like, had times in my life where I've, you know, been facing really difficult circumstances. I've also felt really worried and anxious about stuff. But I'm actually a Christian, um, and the God that I know, he is a God of peace and a God of love. And I've experienced that for myself. Would you mind if, um, if I prayed for you right now that the peace of God would come? Yeah? This is what we're called to do. 
So lastly, in Jesus, we find our mission and our message. All right, Isaiah 9.2, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Who's the light? Jesus. But who are we called to be like? Okay, so it's talking about us. When people encounter us, they should see a great light, the light of Jesus shining through us. 52.7, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who bring good news, who publishes peace and brings good news of happiness. Whose feet are they? Well, Jesus' feet, that's the message he came. He came to say, you know, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, but who are we called to be like? Jesus. So they are our feet. We are the feet that bring the good news. I really wanted to go into more detail here, but classically me, I was like, you don't have time. I never have enough time. I would love every preach to be a two-part series, but alas, I couldn't. So I wanted to talk about practically what does that look like, and then I realized it's okay, I don't need to, because two weeks ago, Matt talked already about the fact that Jesus has come to destroy the works of the devil, and therefore we've come to destroy the works, okay? And then last week, Gabby preached up a storm saying, we're called to bring the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of Jesus. So if you don't know how to do that, listen to their preachers. They've already done it. Get on the podcast. All the answers, are not all the answers, but lots of the answers are in there. <laughs> you can, if you've listened to it already, go back again because that's what it looks like. So this is me saying, listen to them because I don't have time. So, we know that our mission is to go, but what's our message? I'm wrapping up here. Chapter 65, verse one. This is God speaking. I was ready to be sought by those who did not ask for me. I was ready to be found by those who did not seek me. I said, here I am, here I am to a nation that was not called by my name. 45:22. turn to me and be saved. All the ends of the earth, I am God and there is no other. 55, one and six, come. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. So what is our message? God is ready to be sought. Turn to God and be saved. Come to God. Seek God while he may be found. This is a good message. Do you believe that this is a good message? Because if you're not convinced that it's a good message, you will not share it with people. If you're not convinced that the outcome of people's choice has eternal consequences, then you will not feel the urgency to share the message either. Everyone in this life has to choose. And we get to offer people the best choice of their lives. The key is knowing and being convinced that Jesus has given you a great gift and that he is calling you to share that great gift with others. Let me leave you with this last scripture. I was like, I have to get Isaiah 61 in there. How can I not talk about Isaiah 61? And I want you guys to read part of this with me. It says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. me. For the Lord has anointed me. me. Say it, me. me. To bring good news to the poor. He has sent 
me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies. Before he went back to heaven, Jesus said to his disciples, before he gave us the great commission, he said, it's better for you that I go because I'm gonna send a helper to you. God has given us himself, he's given us Holy Spirit. And it's the Spirit who qualifies you and who empowers you to bring the good news of Jesus to this world. So your gifts that you can choose from today are, without Jesus, we are all sinners. Feel free to take that one if you wish. Without Jesus, our sins separate us from God. Without Jesus, we have to pay the price for our sins. Or if you don't like any of those, fair enough. In Jesus, we receive forgiveness and salvation. In Jesus, we find our identity and security. And thirdly, in Jesus, we find our mission and our message. Today, you get to choose which gift you would like to take home with you. They are both options, and they both have eternal consequences, so I would advise you to choose wisely. Now, given the fact that you now know what the gift is, who would like a free gift? The first three people, knowing what the gift is. Come, run, well done, well done. Oh, oh, Charlie, come. Give it to Charlie, I saw that move, Charlie. Beautiful. Now, I mean, I was hoping that you would move a little bit quicker to prove my point, but do you see how people's attitude changes slightly when they know what the gift is? At the start, people were like, it's Liana. Could it be a trick? It, no. Is it a good gift? Is it not a good gift? When you know what the gift is and you know it's a good gift, your perspective changes. So when we give people this good news and this good gift, we should expect that they go, wow, that's a great gift. I would love that. Does that make sense? Beautiful. Can we pray? Awesome. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you've done. We wanna honor you today because of your sacrifice. But we thank you, Jesus, that you are not just Jesus who died on the cross, that you are Jesus who sits on the throne, King of kings, Lord of lords. You know, this morning, just as we were finishing worship, I just saw this picture of, you know, Jesus in Revelation, he is the rider on the white horse. He is the victorious one, the exalted one. We heard this morning that heaven rules, Jesus rules, and Jesus was riding around on his white horse and he had flags. And he was riding around and he was putting the flags into the ground and he was claiming people, saying, you are mine, you are mine, you are mine. And as he was doing that, he's extending the reign of his kingdom. He's extending his rule and he's marking out people today for freedom. Not just people who don't know him, but even for those of us today who you'll say, I already know Jesus, I have a relationship with him. He's saying, would you step into freedom today? 
If there are areas in your life where you know you are not free, Jesus is coming today with a flag and he says, boom, freedom, be free. Would chains be broken? Would strongholds be broken? Maybe even now the Holy Spirit's highlighting to you what those things are. We talked about accessing, we access by faith. So let's come into agreement with what Jesus is saying today. Let's access what he's already paid for. As we finish off and we worship this morning, can I encourage you to push into Jesus? I know we already have been, but stay. Don't switch off now because you're like, oh, it's nearly coffee time. We've finished all the important bits. This is an important bit. Don't miss out on responding to Jesus. Whatever he's highlighting to you today, he wants you to step into freedom. So we choose to respond to you, Jesus. We choose to partner with you in what you're wanting to do. Amen. Can we thank Leanna this morning? It's outstanding. hope you've enjoyed this week's message if you have any questions or would like more information please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au